With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Welcome to it. Hale Varsity Radio is on the road. It is Nebraska, Colorado. We, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are live in Estes Park at Big Red of the Rockies. I am in the back room here. It's the mother of all Husker dens. You want some incredible memorabilia? They've got it here at Big Red of the Rockies. You're headed to Boulder. You want to wear that red proudly? All sorts of gear here as we are just smiling, man. Excited to be here at Big Red of the Rockies. Vic from Denver is now Vic in Estes. As uh, he has made an appearance, Grandma Brandt has come by. We almost found them a pair of seats for Saturday at face value, but that fell through, uh, unfortunately. Numbers to get in today here on Hale Bar City Radio, 489-1240, 489-1240, and can find us also on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Watch the show. See what I'm talking about. Behind me, all sorts of uh, proof of said memorabilia. If you jump on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, uh, loaded show. We're about five minutes away. If Nebraska wants to, to win Saturday, it's going to be a black and blue, grind it out, downhill run ball game, right? Well, you do that with a fullback, one of the greatest fullbacks, Joel Makavica, with us here at about five minutes. We'll check in with Joel, get his take on Nebraska-Colorado. Brandon Vogel joins us from Counter Reed. He'll be coming up here in about 20 minutes. Then in hour two, Gary Barnett previews Nebraska-Colorado and Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. It is Burke's best bets. NFL season kicks off tonight. Daddy Burke with us at Daddy Burke 5 uh, with him as uh, he'll also get some thoughts on the Nebraska-Colorado matchup. What are some props that may land for you? What's he think of that minus three line? As uh, Elijah, it is all sorts of fun here in Estes. Got in. I know you're traveling out tomorrow. Going to be excited excited to to have you with us. Of course, uh, just a slew of events here tonight. Uh, We're at Big Red of the Rockies. We're at the Battle in Boulder event at the Ridgeline Hotel here in Estes tomorrow night with Gary Michaels. And then, of course, the Blur event coming up Saturday, pre- and post-game with Hale Varsity on the road. So, hey, how are you feeling as you inch closer to kickoff? Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, when we talk about storylines and some themes, uh, you have the opening act, which was Nebraska. You ever go to a movie? pay too much, and not like the movie. Yeah, it's happened. 
it, quite frankly, it's happened with a lot of the Adam Sandler flicks I've checked out. There's three Adam Sandler movies that you're good with and you keep watching. The rest of them, give me a refund. And then there's Colorado. And, and what is their encore look like? What's the encore look like for the buffs? Elijah, your wheels are turning. Uh, the, the mustache looks glorious. Thank you. The, the mountain breeze, the doors open here at Big Red of the Rockies. Hey, I'm smiling, man. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting us to talk about Adam Sandler movies here to lead off this show. Of all things we could have been talking I'm, about. I'm saying, I'm absolutely saying that, listen, you, you saw Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and Bulletproof, and you're like, this guy's money. And then the, the next 10 come out, and you're like, what was that? But then there's uncut gems. That? There's uncut gems, though. Yes, there was the comeback. The uncut gems is great. And then uh, what's the uh, one with him? Un- where uncut he's the, gems the, is wonderful. Where he's the NBA scout too. There's that one as well. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, one. that one. I, I shouldn't forget the name of it. That's a that's a good movie though as well. So Adam Sandler's really made a name for himself here recently. And sure, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm not I, sure where like I'm going Sandler. with that, but I, I just didn't want the Adam Sandler slander here on a on a Thursday afternoon. No, Sandman's money, but there was a stretch post. Happy Gilmore that, listen, you, you just left wanting a little more. So speaking of, you have Colorado celebrating on social media, Colorado celebrating headline-wise that 50% of their stadium is going to be black and gold. <laughs> 50%, well, maybe 40% of said stadium will be red and white. The 60 to 40 ratio is being cheered and triumphed today. 48 hours ahead of kickoff. That tells you about Nebraska fans willing to spend their green. As uh, Gary Novotny right now is ready. Yeah, that's from Vic in, uh, in Denver. We've got the tequila and, and we have uh, Templeton Rye, which is wonderful. I have not opened either, Elijah, before you uh, start accusing me of things. Uh, we'll get to some of your comments. Keep your emails coming. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Excited to have uh, just the opportunity to be here at Big Red of the Rockies. And a big thank you to our friends at Lazares and Sauter Heyman helping power these road trips this football season. Uh, black and blue ball game. It's going to be all about that line of scrimmage play. What's your fullback going to do? And uh, we'll, we'll check in with Joel Makovica here in just a moment as uh, we'll talk buffs and Huskers for him. So the Shakeout on StubHub and Vivid Seats shows just a lot of Nebraska acquisition going on when it comes to the seats in Folsom Field. We'll see how that transpires. Uh, <laughs> crew tells me to take advantage of the marijuana. Uh, I don't believe they sell weed in Estes. It may be the only place in Colorado they don't have uh, helpers. Uh, we welcome in a Hall of Fame fullback, great player for Nebraska, multiple-time national champion. He wishes he, too, was out in Estes, but uh, he is back in Nebraska. Joel McAvicka with us to get things kicked off. Mr. McAvicka, have you shot birdie par, birdie par yet today? Oh, Smitty, you know, if you'd see my golf game that I never get to golf anymore. So I would like to be out in Estes with you. I haven't been to Big Red of the Rockies forever. Well, I'm staring at, at a wall of fame here, and every Husker that comes in signs the wall. Were you, when you were growing up, Joel, did, did, did mom and dad measure, like, age 10, Joel, 5'9", 
uh, a, yeah. I, I assume, they, right? So uh, they they don't have the, the heights here, but they've got different eras of Nebraska players that come in the store. They signed the wall just around the corner with their year and the, and the number. It's it's pretty cool. They need a Makovicus. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. Is, uh, is Jesse Kush still on that? Uh, uh, Gary owns it, but I think uh, Jesse had it for a while. I might say yeah, Jesse he had it for a while. He was, he was, he was the punter for uh, for your 97 team, wasn't he? Absolutely. And his dad played defensive back. Yeah. And then, yeah, Jesse was, was punter for, uh, for uh, actually for, yeah, our 97 team. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully we'll bump into Kush. How are you feeling, man? Saturday's around the corner. You know what? I'm excited for this game because uh, uh, all the hype's on Colorado. It, you know, I hope the guys are excited to be able to go into into Boulder and, and play. I think they should be pumped. This is good. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I don't think there's a lot of people around the country that, that think it's exciting. But anytime you play Colorado, I think you can can throw the records out. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the rivalry we had when when we were there. Is there was a time around ninety. 97, I don't think they were ranked. And we went up to Boulder, and, and we were beating them pretty bad, and I think they got two onside kicks, and, and the score ended up being 27-24. So anything can happen in this game. I hope the guys are ready and, and, and take advantage of this opportunity. It's Joel McAvicka with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Joel, we heard some, some thoughts from Matt Rule earlier. We'll get to them a little bit later in the show. But one of them, I'm going to paraphrase for Matt Rule. It's not his words exactly, but this is kind of the heart of his point, was that that Saturday's matchup, Nebraska wants to be physical. Colorado can be flashy. They can have that speed, but Nebraska wants to be physical. That's the mentality he's trying to ingrain within the team. Whenever you think about flashy versus physical, what, what does that make you think of? Because I, I think your Husker teams back in the 90s, they embodied that physicality well. What does flashy versus physical mean? Well, you know, I think that's, that's a – I love hearing Coach Rule say that because I think that's what Nebraska has to get back to if we want to get – back to the level we want to get to. I think we have to be, we have to be a physical football team. And, and to me, that's, that's a mentality of, of being able to run, run the ball on offense, be able to, to uh, run it down people's throat and, and wear them out in the fourth quarter, and then be physical on defense and be able to tackle. So I really like that rule is embracing that mentality, and, and that's what Nebraska needs to be. It was kind of, you know, like you mentioned, in our day, Back in the 90s, that's what it was, is, is we were really physical. And, and Colorado had Coach McCartney and Coach Neuheisel and, and some of those guys that everybody talked about, you know, the, the high-flying offenses and, and the fun and gun, even with Florida. And we were just considered, you know, archaic because we just like to run the football and, and be physical and wear people out in the fourth quarter. So, so that's what that mentality and what Coach Rule is talking about to me, is I think he wants to muddy up this game. He wants to have long possessions. He wants to take possessions away from Colorado, and he wants to be physical. And you know what? Sometimes a eight-play drive that takes five minutes and you pump the football and you don't turn it over is a good drive. And you just want to shorten the game, muddy it up, be physical, and see where the, see where the cards end up at the end of the game. And I think that's, that's a great mentality for him to have, and, and that's uh, kind of what we did. And, and they're showing that a little bit against Minnesota. They ran some fullbacks, some eyes, and things like that. So I would like to see that more, but uh, we'll see how it plays out on Saturday. 
Joel Makovic is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, here at Big Red of the Rockies, Estes Park, getting ready for the Nebraska-Colorado weekend. Joel, I want to get thoughts from you uh, along the lines of being physical, the option attack. There was some some belly uh-huh. option that was uh, that was shown against Minnesota. Not maybe a couple, three play calls, but you have the fullback, which I know makes you smile on that counter trap but also the ability with a guy like Sims to get outside and use his legs. That's his strength. And, you know, the other side of it, you've gone up against tons of defenses that had problem defending the option. Do you, do you expect more option on Saturday? That's a great question, Schmitty. And, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I think our quarterback, Jeff Sims, I think that's a real threat of his is his legs. He's an unbelievable athlete. You know, you saw that, that he can change games with his legs. And, and, uh, you know, the thing about it is, is, um, talking to coach Satterfield and even coach rule. And, you know, before the season, they were talking about bringing back the fullback and, and a lot of people talk about that, but I think they have emphasized this because you saw it in the first game. The key to all of that is though, is when an, you know, you're kind of changing into that offense and you want to get fullback more on the field and maybe run a two-back system, you know, 40, 50% of the time. You have to have a dog on the roster that's a fullback that can show the coaches that they can get it done. Because if you don't have that, then as the, the season progresses, progresses, it just doesn't become a facet of the offense and they don't put more plays into the offense. So, so I hope some of these guys on the roster step up at the fullback position and can show these coaches that they're a dog and they can go get it done. And I think if that happens, they will run it more and more. And then show them that they can carry the football, and that just adds another threat that the defense has to, has to defend against. And then you throw in the quarterback that can, that can beat you with his legs, and, and that's tough to defend. If you've got, you got three – um, options in the backfield where where they can they can take it to the house or they can make positive plays and really beat down the defense. That's difficult for a defense to defend. So I hope we see that, and I think that's what we can do against Colorado. Uh, TCU, if you watch that, they gashed them for I think 270 yards, almost seven yards of carry. So they watched that film, and Colorado watched the film as well. But I think that's what Nebraska has to do to to compete in this football game. Well, line right now is at three. Joel McAvicka, Hall of Fame fullback with us, getting his kicked off. Hail Varsity Radio, live at Big Red of the Rockies in Estes Park. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Joel Stir, we'll get you out. I know it's just an incredibly busy time for you. Every time I turn around, there's a new McAvicka <laughs> physical therapy going up, brother. Congrats on that. So I'm going to put you on the spot and, and ask – a, is it okay to drink soda with tequila? I got a tequila bottle, a gift from Vic in Denver. B, what's the what's the score Saturday? I need both answers. Well, A is absolutely tequila soda is, is the way to go. And this is why, Schmitty. You can drink as much of that <laughs> as you want, and you're not going to have a hangover because it's one of the cleanest liquors out there. So go, go after the tequila in Colorado. I'll tell you that. And tequila soda in the line. You'll be primed. Two limes. limes. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go after the tequila tequila soda in in, in Colorado. That's the advice from Dr. Magavica. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And then you know what? I'm not. I have to. I have to say, I think Nebraska beats them, and and I 
people can call me a homer and an alum and, and drinking the Kool-Aid, but I saw some great things in Nebraska uh, against Minnesota. They, you know, they gave that game away, obviously. I, I mean, we have to find ways to win, and until we start doing that, we find ways to lose. And hopefully this weekend we find a way to win, and I think Coach Rule is going to muddy this game up, like I said, and, and I think we're, we're really decent – we're really decent on on defense on all levels of the defense, and our offensive line played well against Minnesota. I think where we struggle is we need some receivers to step up and be able to stretch the field and get open, and that that's gonna that might be tough against a guy like Travis Hunter and, and those types of things, and then let um, Jeff Sims run the ball and, and work the two back system and, and work uh, the spread running the ball, and I think I think Nebraska can get it done. Um, our defense has to hold them to, I think, 24 points or under, which might be a struggle. But I think we can we can get it done 27-24. There he is. Joel Nagavica says 27-24. Joel, thanks for the time, brother. Always appreciate you. All right, man. Anytime. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. All right, one prediction is in from a fullback named Joel. Joel Makovica got us kicked off. He says 27-24, Nebraska. We welcome in from Counter Reed, Brandon Vogel. He's in his football office. For the first time in my life, I have a backdrop as cool as his. Hail Varsity YouTube channels where you can stream the show, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed. So apparently behind me, Vogues, is part of uniform from a Florida Gator and a Miami Hurricane during those back-to-back championships. You see it over my right shoulder, the scoring explosion poster. My name is covering it, but it's signed by all three of the, uh, the triplets. Uh, and, and then behind you is well, published work with John Cook that you wrote. So <laughs> you win. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I love it. How you doing, man? It's Colorado Nebraska week. This always makes you and I smile growing up uh, like we did with this bitter rivalry. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I agree. Before, you know, I don't know if I win because as you pointed that out, I now see the Florida Gator pants and it makes sense that the other <laughs> one is Miami. But the, I don't, the thing I love about that, for those of you on the stream, is that inside that frame, it just says pants. So very well done. Um, take a peek behind the shoulder and check it out if you hadn't noticed that yet. Um, now, Nebraska, Colorado, you know, 
of with my specific age. So in 1987, first Nebraska football game I ever went to was Oklahoma. So like, sure, you know, growing game up, of the century, like, right? Part two, part two. Um, that was the team that like my parents, you know, uh, despised the most. But when I was like, you know, a, a, an annoying teenager, um, preteen junior high type of age like colorado was really the team that was coming in in the early 1990s and as a as a person who grew up in the mountain time zone spent a lot of time in in colorado including in in estes park um so this one does feel a little different than you know just your average your 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 run-of-the-mill p5 p5 non-conference matchup so and i mean in terms of like storylines the setup the whole thing like it kind of doesn't get better than than this nebraska colorado matchup that we got after nebraska losing the way it did and also colorado winning the way it did brandon whenever you you, you look at this game i think you can look at it at, at two ways with the opportunity nebraska to break a road losing streak against ranked opponents to break a losing streak in general against ranked opponents uh, and, and to do it in front of the, the massive TV audience that will likely be on hand Saturday with how many numbers that, that Colorado pulled last week. You think that number is probably going to grow this week. The, the opportunity is massive, but I think you can also look at it from a, from a bad omen point of view. It, there's a lot of bad juju that Nebraska has to break for things to go right on Saturday. Which side of that coin are you on in terms of opportunity or, or maybe foreboding of this game on Saturday? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not on the foreboding side, though. I see I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I think, you know, as as tough as it was for Husker fans, maybe last Thursday night, <clears throat> the way Nebraska lost, the, the fact that it lost in like the same way it's been losing for the past, well, two seasons for sure, but really the past five, um, that from a national perspective, so say the same person who's kind of independent of Nebraska sits in and watches, like I'm going to watch a Nebraska game because it's on, it's Thursday night. This is one of the first games in college football. And I'm going to watch the Colorado game because, you know, Coach Prime. Um, they probably watch the Nebraska game say, well, that's that's the Nebraska I've seen recently. And they watch the Colorado game and it's totally different. I think that's to Nebraska's advantage. So you mentioned some of those things like going on the road against a ranked team, um, all of those things would be a, a real momentum builder, I think, for for Nebraska. But I don't think there's a ton of downside here because everybody has like moved so fully to to Colorado in, in this game that Nebraska gets a little bit of a free roll. Um, I mean, Husker fans will hurt if they're zero and two after two games, of course. But like, the season's not lost at that point. So I think it's I think it's advantage Huskers. Um, in terms of like the motivation, all of the like non-tangible stuff around this game, I think I think favors favors Nebraska a little bit. The meat and potatoes part, the physicality versus the flash to a point Elijah made in segment one really is the storyline. And you know what what is gonna be a fascinating study for me, and right now it look well, well, I guess we'll know after two games, but I'm not really that concerned about Nebraska's defense. I think they'll probably give up some yards, maybe give up some points, but nothing like TCU did. That said, this is going to be your new normal. This is going to be going from Minnesota or Iowa where it's two tight ends, five 320-pounders, and downhill run game for four quarters to here's five wide with five guys that run 4-2 and 10 deep balls a quarter. 
you're going to have to be that diverse defensively to live life and survive in the Big Ten. That's what's, what I'm anxious to see in year one of Rule, in year one of Mr. White, yeah, science, how he can use the personnel. And, and Nebraska's got all sorts of personnel to try and get down. You gave up 13 points, 10 of which uh, points off turnovers. <laughs> and, and then we'll see what the, the, the point total and yardage is for Nebraska's black shirts after, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon. But how do they live that life? Are they able to be good against both types of offenses? I think they can be. Um, I think against Minnesota was an encouraging first step. Uh, and that's one of, you know, all offseason long, we talked about the three three five and how it's malleable. Like you can really disguise what you do and bring people from everybody. It's kind of like a amoeba defense. Um, <clears throat> but because it is that way, uh, it, it'll, it allows you to play in Minnesota one week and a Colorado next week and not have to really change a bunch about, uh, about what you do. Um, the defense is kind of set up like, you know, the first snap of that Minnesota game, they, they essentially had four defensive linemen, you know, they walked somebody down and like, that's just, that's just kind of part of this, this scheme. So it helps, it helps with that. You know, I think the, Nebraska's defensive backs have to play well on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the deep shots, and, and Colorado's going to take them. And they're important, you know, when you're talking about 30, 40, 50, maybe more yards in a chunk. And Nebraska or Colorado does have the athletes. They're going to win some of those. Um, if you can keep it to 50-50, on on those sorts of plays you're doing pretty well i think the big thing like uh and and i wrote this in my preview for for this morning was it's all of the like little stuff so this sean lewis offense is really really good and and dangerous um you take out kind of their eight explosive plays and then colorado was down to about five yards per attempt which is you know pretty low to average in in college football those are the ones I think Nebraska has to disrupt because, yeah, CU, TCU was 45-42, but the, the underlooked thing there, I think, was that Colorado had almost nine-minute advantage in, in time of possession. We know where how Nebraska wants to play, how they probably should play offensively in this game. If you can flip that um, and you, you'll give up some big plays, but not that many, I mean, that's that's kind of the way that Nebraska does this on Saturday in my mind. It's Brandon Vogel with us here. And, Brandon, if you go back about 90 seconds, you just said something I really loved. You called Tony White's 3-3-5 the amoeba defense. Trademark that if you haven't just yet. I love that. <laughs> I think that's going to stick. But whenever you look at this defense as a whole, which level, D-line, linebacker, or, or secondary, which one do you think has the largest challenge? Not the one that needs to perform best but which is going to have the, the most on its shoulders on Saturday? I think you can obviously look at the defensive backs with Travis Hunter, but the, the defensive line is going to have some pressure on them too to make sure they get some pressure on, on Shadour Sanders. And you can look at the linebackers too with all the crossing routes that, that Colorado yeah. ran against TCU. There's going to be some pressure on them to, to get their drops and get their coverage right. Which level of that defense has the most pressure on them? Yeah, it's 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 a good a good uh, way to to dial into that because uh, I do think the DBs probably need to have the best game defensively. Um, the D line, 
if Colorado can play like it did against TCU, which, you know, was part of what I was talking about with those, the rest of the passes that averaged a little over five yards, like it was all real quick. It was, you know, they're in a shotgun, three-step drop, like make a read and get it out. Nebraska has to disrupt that. So I think it has an edge um, in terms of pass rush. I just don't know, like this offense is sort of, designed Sean Lewis, you know, at, at Kent state kind of built an offense that was meant to live with an offensive line that maybe wasn't going to be the best. And that's, that's Colorado's O line still, I think even after, after game one. So there's just some pieces of that, that they just do naturally that are, that might neutralize a little bit of that pass rush. So I'd put the onus actually on the linebackers. I think they might have the biggest challenge because, oh, two of those eight um, explosive passing plays went to went to a running back um, and, and two of them went for touchdowns of over 45 yards. That's that's a challenge. You mentioned they ran some they ran a couple of concepts a lot of times. Um, so so Nebraska's linebackers, they, they've got uh, some real good downhill guys They're, This is a different challenge. So I'll, I'll go with that group. Josh chimes in and Vogues, we may need to keep you a couple of minutes on the other side, but it's a fair question for Josh with Henrich back. Do you stick with Bullock uh, because of the speed and that buffs offense? Or do you go with experience? And I, I stick with, with Bullock. Uh, it, it, that's just me. And you want to see Henrich uh, able to be in and perform, but I like the, the lateral mobility of, of Bullock right now. Uh, with what he's been able to do. Plus, he's done a, a hell of a job tackling this year. Yeah, he has. And this will be a this will be a big tackling game again. And I kind of lean the same way. Um, you know, having Nick available is is a huge boost. Uh, this is not an offense I think that wants to that would play into to Henrich's strengths specifically. So, you know, Bullock, I thought, played really well, uh, you know, in his, his, his first start and has obviously had a really strong offseason to kind of get to this point. Um, a little light by classic Big Ten linebacker standards, but you're not playing a Big Ten team, um, you know. So I kind of lean your way of I could see his unique skill set being a little bit of an advantage. Nick will play, will play plenty, um, but I, he, I would expect him to maybe get the start. Bogues, hang on for us for just a couple of minutes, if you can. Uh, on the other side, we'll get some more thoughts. Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Reed. Reminder about workers' compensation. Your friends at Dyer Law, confused about your options for workers' compensation. Put your trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected and to get the settlement you deserve with Dyer Law, the team today. Dyer.law, that's Dyer.law. Dial them up, one triple eight, Dyer Law. That's one triple eight, Dyer Law, your trusted team and professional group when it comes to workers' compensation. More with Brandon Vogel of Counter Reed, Gary Barnett coming up, Charlie McBride on the way. Nebraska Buff Week continues. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Doing some overtime here. Big Red of the Rockies, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here in Estes Park. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Reed as it is just a glorious day out in Estes. Went down the road, 
our man Evan here at Big Red of the Rockies in Navat. He said, you want a buffalo burger? I said, I do. And he pointed me the right direction. Medium rare, fantastic. They had, I have had a beer, Elijah, so you lose the overbet there uh, on, on how many. Listen, it is just uh, so much fun being out as part of this rivalry uh, continues to, to bubble up. So Big Red of the Rockies today, Hale Varsity Roadshow, Ridgeline Hotel tomorrow, the battle in Boulder. Nevada, are there any seats left? Wait, four. As in, as in, as in, what I scream when I golf with Nevada off the tee box. Four, four, and of course, blur, blur tailgate going on with Hale Varsity Weekend Edition, uh, opening up for pregame and then there for real red reaction postgame. Vogues, I got all of my spiel done. I want to get back to football with you. We know the. Spotlight's been on Colorado and Dion. Uh, he's more than absolutely paid for himself. Colorado is the talk of college football for the first time since Hagen, the enemy, McCartney, 30-plus uh, years ago. What would it look like in your eyes for Nebraska with that conversation? Say they go in Saturday, get a win, a wow win. Nebraska as a program desperately wants and needs. What would that conversation look like about Nebraska here in 2023 if they go pull this off? I think with the way that Nebraska wants to play um, and, and the way the coaches have put it, it would, you know, thinking broadly, thinking nationally of how this would be received, um, not only would it be uh, Nebraska would get its own sort of proof of concept, which I would say wasn't really on offer against Minnesota, especially like after the first 10 minutes with, you know, when, when we had an idea of like, Oh, how, how big 10 is this game? So <laughs> um, my nine month old loves that game. So sorry. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's you're good. To me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doing that against Colorado, I mean, that was the question people had all off season. Like, you can be surprised that Shadur Sanders was as good as he was in his first, you know, power five game. But I think people knew he was good. Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the country. He just happened to go to Jackson state because Dion. Um, so there was no doubt that those guys were, were good players. You know, the, the question all, all off season that I heard most often from college football observers was like, how do you hold up on the line? Like what's, what's it look like in the fourth quarter, you know, when you're trying to build two, two lines from, from scratch, essentially. And I don't know if TCU really put that question to Colorado and maybe that's just the way that the game unfolded that last drive after rushing as well as TCU did with four minutes to go still shocks me. And, uh, you know, they came out and threw on their first six, first six plays of that drive. Um, I think Nebraska plans to put that question to every team it plays, but it happens to line up uh, against a Colorado team that I think a lot of people will be interested if, if that question is put to them. And if Nebraska comes away with a win, um, they'll get some credit, but it honestly might be more damaging to Colorado than it is a boost to, to Nebraska. And I think that's, that's okay. We're two games in at that point. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Nebraska, Colorado. And 
Brandon, uh, Matthew chimes in on the stream yard. He says if Sims passes more than 10 times, he will have two picks. I think that might be a little extreme. The, the bounce back, we'll see how that goes. But tell me what Nebraska needs from Jeff Sims on Saturday from a, from a stats point of view in order to give themselves a chance. Yeah, um, I, I, he'll pass more than 10 times. Um, <laughs> I put the the number to hit for him with the with the interceptions at one. Like, I'll give you one deflected pass, <clears throat> bad read, something. Like, you get to two, and all of a sudden, like, seeing a Nebraska win gets a little bit harder for me, or maybe a lot harder for me. He's He's got to play well. Um, and, and two of his interceptions against Minnesota to Tyler Nubbin, um, that guy's really good, like, all-American potential type good. Um, not, not that that's an excuse because the, the end zone interception was just, uh, it was a little bit of a strange play call. When you, you look back at it, running the concept they did to, to the short side, um, but also just the, the wrong read. So there's that piece of it. Um, I think Sims, like the big onus on him is, is to be a part of the run game. Like, I don't want to dumb this down too far, but like 15 pass attempts is, say go nine ten of, of 15 sound pretty great to me because that would mean nebraska was having enough success to run the ball as much as i i think they they potentially could here so these numbers if if nebraska wins the the numbers against colorado offensively could look very very option like um which hey who, who has a problem with that it would be a fitting tribute uh, with these two teams. Brandon Vogel, counter read with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, before we say goodbye, how can folks read you? Uh, how can they uh, get in touch with you? And then, too, I need a prediction if you're ready to do that. And if not, no worries. Yeah, um, you can find us, myself and Aaron Sorensen, with our, our new newsletter uh, at counterread.com. Um, just put out the Colorado preview this morning, um, and I put up some, 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 well, what I believe is some, some really good stuff throughout the week. So, uh, check that out and you can find us there with that prediction. I'll save a score for the Saturday show. So tune in, then. <laughs> um, but I'll give you, uh, I'll give you Nebraska against the spread at, at plus three, which was what it was at the last point I looked. Mm. Um, I like that quite a bit. That's that's I'm liking it, too. We need to twist Elijah's arm to find out how much he liked it or or may fall in love with it before he finds his way to Boulder. What's the uh, what's the casino situation in in Boulder? Is it legal out there or is it not? I think everything is legal in Boulder. (laughs) I I just don't know if uh, of all my times in Boulder, I have I have found the one table in a downtown bar that had a Bowie knife blade carved Go Big Red into it. I found uh, happy Husker fans. I found sad Husker fans. But I have not found a casino in Boulder. I have not done that yet. But I've, I've not looked that hard. Vogues, we'll check in with you on Saturday, all right? Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. There he is. Brandon Vogel, counter read with us as Hale Varsity here at Big Red of the Rockies as Roadshow Part 1 tomorrow. Uh, Ridgeline Hotel, Coloradoans for Nebraska event, the battle in Boulder. We're there as things get kicked off. Really going to be fun tomorrow night. Just four 
seats remaining there. You can log on Big Red of the Rockies to uh, pull the trigger on that. If you want to hang out tomorrow night, some really cool stuff. A Q&A, Tommy Frazier, Adam Carricker, a part of that. And, uh, of course, uh, all sorts of Nebraska fans here in Estes, man. It's great. Then Blur, Saturday pre- and post-game. Come see us there as uh, we get you ready for Nebraska-Colorado. Real Red Reaction follows. We'll wind down Hour 1. Gary Barnett, get a preview Nebraska-Colorado in Hour 2. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back to you, Hail Varsity Radio. Road show here. Big Red of the Rockies. Estes Park. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're all well. Gearing up for the battle in Boulder. As uh, Big Red of the Rockies, man. Who hasn't been to Estes? We've all been to Estes. We love uh, being here. Just glorious weather. You can go uh, around the corner, get a get a bison burger, buffalo burger, and plenty of big red gear. 489-1240, 489-1240. I have been awful at getting to your comments. Please keep them coming. We will read them. Uh, we will get to them in the stream. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed. You can watch the show both ways. And pretty excited next hour perspective from Coach McBride, Charlie, uh, we didn't catch him Monday. We're going to catch him here at 525. Gary Barnett, what's he seen this week from the Buffs practice-wise? We've talked about the storyline being, do you get too fat and happy? Is that a real, is that a real thing with Colorado? And if you're Nebraska, uh, how do you change that conversation? Oh, no, here you go again. Uh, so that's uh, a focal point in Needs to be a fourth, fourth fourth quarter game for Nebraska. So, Coach Barnett, Coach McBride next hour, and then Danny Burke will join us uh, with your gambling insight, get his take on the Chiefs tonight, get his thoughts on Nebraska-Colorado. What's he, what's he like? What's he think of that minus three or that minus well, three and a half? Elijah, are you are you all right, brother? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the diva that flew out today. You're driving tomorrow after the KFOR morning show. You're going to be health permitting from a from an exhaustion standpoint in for hour two tomorrow in time for Clausburn's Friday forecast before we get the uh, battle in Boulder, uh, Coloradoans for Nebraska event kicked off. Are you geared up? Are you? I mean, you're you're going to be running hot. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can do all things through caffeine, who strengthens me. You know. Um, so I'll, I'll be rocking the coffee tomorrow. Not how that goes. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be rocking the caffeine, the coffee, you know, maybe a little road trip Red Bull. I'll be good there. Uh, we'll see. I'm either going to be in Estes. If time is not permitting, I will be in my grandmother's basement. One of the two. Either way, I'll be checked in some way with the show tomorrow. Maybe I'll even pull over on the side of old I-76 and uh, and do a couple hits from there if I, if I can get some reception. One way or another. Show, hit, show hits. We yes. have to specify once you cross the border. <laughs> that is a great point. I didn't even think about it like that. Uh, yes, in some way, shape, or form, though, I will be involved with this show tomorrow. I should note, though, before we get to Danny Burke, Husker Line, down to it. Buffs by two and a half today. And this is after we, we discussed. So the line has dropped. The line has dropped the whole point. 
And this is after yesterday. We're talking about all the money still on Colorado. If the line was going to move, as we thought yesterday, it was going to move towards Colorado to get buyback on Nebraska. It's instead moved towards Nebraska. Maybe there's been a significant amount of buyback within the past 24 hours, or maybe, maybe, just maybe. trouble on the Colorado football team. Maybe. That's possible. Maybe, though. It happens. Vegas is trying to trap the general public and say, hey, yeah, no, it's a great time to bet Colorado. They're hot, huh? And they make a boatload of money. All I know is Vegas is great at making money. Something's still a little fishy about that line. We'll get Danny Burke's take about on that here in about 45 minutes. Should be all right. Gary Barnett, Charlie McBride, hour two on the way. Hail Varsity live here at Big Red of the Rockies, glorious Estes Park. Hour 2 continues. Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Big thanks to Lazares and Sauter Heyman for this road trip. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hail Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Bar City Radio Roadshow up in Estes, Big Red of the Rockies, where we're perched at. We say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett. Coach, I think the, the operative word this week, crazy. Uh, a lot of folks crazy for college football Oscar fans invading, and of course, all sorts of buzz, buzz and buffland. How are you doing? Well, I'm I'm holding on, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you know, barely holding on. I I have my my calendar in front of me, and I'm I'm looking at all the calls that I have to or I get to take and get you know different people I get to talk to about this last game and about the next game, and it's uh, I I literally have to have my calendar in front of me to keep track of the phone calls that are going to happen here for me in the next three days. And I've already had, you know, same thing. So unintended consequences is the, the, the play by play and the four color guy gets to do all the talking. So, well, there you go. Let, let's talk about the last game you've experienced taking over a program and going in and, and having a, a big win early in, in your tenure at spots. How about what happened in, in, Fort Worth, that shootout, that uh, that moment that's kind of reverberated throughout this week in college football, the, the big-time uh, Colorado win over TCU? Well, I, I – uh, first of all, Mark and I – Mark Johnson and I would be the first ones to tell you that uh, we're probably the only two guys in the media that get to watch practice every day, and I'm there every day. Mark usually catches a little bit, but Mark's a play-by-play guy. He's not – real football guy, but, um, so I still didn't know what was going to happen. I, I really, anything could happen. I've watched in practice. I watched Travis Hunter make all those plays every day. I've watched Dylan Edwards run through our defense every single day. I've watched, uh, you know, that they go an hour and 20 minutes, full speed, uh, really up tempo. They don't go any longer than that. They never take anybody to the ground, but they are up tempo. And um, so I, I, uh, and I watched Shadur, and uh, you know, I watched him do everything he did in that game in practice. But I still don't didn't know how they were going to do. I, I didn't know how this was going to come across. I mean, I, 
I don't think we knew enough about TCU because they'd had a lot of transfers as well. So, um, so when it did unfold, it was pretty exciting. But I can tell you that everything I saw in that game, I've seen in practice. And so they have uh, a lot of skill and, uh, you know, Shadur is a really good player and all everything that you saw. So um, it, it was it a surprise? No, because I'd seen it. Was it a surprise because it happened? Yeah. And, and just the way it did. And for those guys to uh, hold on and have seven lead changes in the last 17 minutes, that was a remarkable game to call, but it was also had to be a great game to watch, just no matter who you're rooting for. Just a lot of good plays. So, you know, does this continue? I don't know. I mean, who knows? As a coach, you never know. You you can play completely different the next week than you did the week before. So last week, we, we played about as well as you can play on offense. There's always mistakes, things you can fix. And um, But now you got to turn around and handle all the media and all the attention that they've gotten. You know, I mean, you look at this game and both teams, have, it's been just the opposite. All of a sudden, we got all this attention. Not that we didn't have it coming in. But now it's been somewhat legitimized. And so, uh, uh, you know, our kids are getting all this attention and love. And your kids are probably, everybody's disappointed, da 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 But Matt Rule is sitting back and he's watching this thing. He's he's letting it play out, you know. Uh, I mean, Dion has got to go from playing the no respect card to playing the total respect card. And Matt's going to play the no respect card all the way to the bank, possibly. How many of those can you have in a in a deck? The no respect and we've got respect. And how do you massage both to <laughs> to stay uh, stay winning or get winning? I mean, the, the psychological part of this, coach, I'm interested in. Well, I, I think it, it it plays a little bit on the inside with your team, but you can't you can't keep playing it. It's it's a one card deal, I think. Um, the interesting thing, Chris, with this, as I've watched this whole thing unfold, this team is very businesslike. Uh, on Thursday, I went to practice last Thursday, and I mean it was Wednesday, and I know with my kids, if I had a lot of young kids, they'd be so excited for that first game to come around. And these guys handled it. In fact, I was almost disappointed that they, they weren't more excited and pumped up in that practice. They went about it the same way they did every single day. And I think that's because they've got 60 or 70 guys that, that are 22, 23 years old. And they've, they've been all through that. And they know they're getting all that excited on the Wednesday doesn't do you any good. And so uh, you got a much more mature approach than you normally could have if you've got 30 freshmen and 30 sophomores and 30, you know 30 juniors so it's a it's a more mature approach to it i think than you can normally have gary barnett's with us hail varsity radio nebraska colorado here in estes big red of the rockies as we're previewing nebraska colorado coach you've been around buzz and uh, i want to get your thoughts uh, on, on that aspect of the atmosphere the the fan base the the Nebraska element of this this early in the season, and and you've seen and were a part and a reason for the the build uh, with Colorado reaching new heights, and you also did it at Northwestern. How do you compare this to your different uh, 
experiences, what this week has been, the prime effect versus you and Mac, and then also your time at Northwestern. You've seen some really cool moments uh, in college football. Well, I, I think this thing comes as close to the year that we opened up to beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Uh, it's the same sort of feel. I mean, our quarterback was on Good Morning America. Uh, I was on late night radio, TV, all this stuff. And we had two weeks before we played our next game. And, you know, we we practiced great. We, we did everything. Uh, and we did all this media stuff. And we were – you know, the talk of the town in Chicago. And we open up with a, we open up and go ahead 27 to nothing against Miami of Ohio. We lose our snapper and four straight snaps go over the head or around or through the punter. And we lose on the last play of the game, 28, 27. So we went from just what happened last week at TCU. Um, and just as surprising that we beat Notre Dame to all of a sudden now, <laughs> we're done. I mean, we lose to Miami and Ohio. So you can imagine the air out of that balloon and what it smelled like. So, uh, but so our job was now we had to overcome that. So you, no matter what happens, you got to overcome it. So you got to overcome all the hype that you got and you got to overcome all the hype that you lost and uh, the reason you lost it. So it's just a constant, and it just depends on how your kids buy in. It really is, and I think maturity has a lot to do with that. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, your thoughts on Nebraska? We, we talked about the contrast here, uh, the buff win, and then how Nebraska lost. And this, th- this was just game one under rule, and it was a similar how did that happen, and it was turnover-driven. It was – Decision-making, yes, but it was turnover-related versus probably a an attention-to-detail thing, if that makes sense. So uh, Nebraska's trying to bounce back, but the fan base right now is uh, <laughs> still reeling a bit because, you know, that game was there to be had, and here comes Minnesota 10 points, three minutes after your defense played a whale of a game. Concerns about the offense, concerns about Sims, the offensive line. What did you see? I know you've checked out and previewed that uh, last Thursday night's game a couple of times. Uh, Chris, first of all, I saw I saw two really physical teams going after each other. Uh, you know, I, I get a lot of credit to Minnesota. Uh, that secondary is good. Mm-hmm. They're really good. And, you know, those kids played hard. And, uh, you, you know, I turn around and see the same thing in Nebraska. And that second half in Nebraska, they just took over the game. They just, you know, running game was great. You know, they defensively they were good. Um, I mean, it it was a good physical football game. I, I really do think that uh, that call on the goal line could have gone either way. It literally, and I think Joel said that on the air, and it just, you know, I think if they'd have called it a touchdown initially then it would have been ruled a touchdown after a replay. But it's hard to go against what you call the first time, and that's sort of the protocol that they use. So they didn't get the touchdown, you know, and that was huge. But, um, you know, to me, the struggle was obviously was the passing game Mm -hmm. and whether or not you could get guys open. So, uh, that isn't going to change. You'll get better as the year goes on because you'll practice it and everybody will work at it. But 
to win this game, I think for Minnesota, for Nebraska, they're just going to have to turn around and hand the ball off and run right at Colorado. Um, I mean, Colorado gave up 262 yards rushing. Uh, and then you look at the – this is a class of cultures, a clash of styles, a clash of coaching styles. It's, it's, it's a classic, you know. You guys played somebody just like you. We played somebody just like us. We won ours by three. You lost yours by one, by three. <clears throat> and so, I mean, it, it's great TV. It's great TV, great radio for you. Mm-hmm. And um, where does it go? We don't know. I mean, it's just – that's why you play the game. I mean, that game that you guys played could have gone either way. That game we played literally could have gone either way based on one play. And so that's that's what you love about this game, and that's what you get excited about watching, and you want it to be the other way. But what you really get juiced up for and in is when it happens the way it did. So uh, one game is, is not a season, as you know. Hate not to be trite, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. And for either way, I'm going to I'd tell that to every Colorado player, just like I'd say that to every Nebraska fan. Coach, what do they get your take? What do you like about Sims? Because, uh, I mean, that's going to be a, a storyline is, you know, Sims' rebound and also, you know, uh, Sanders' follow-up after going for 5'10". Well, I, what I like about Sims is he's 6'4", and secondly, he can run the ball. He's really good. And, he, you know, he, 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 can, he can make most of the throws. He, he had trouble with a couple throws. But he can make most of the throws. You just, uh, you, you know, I've had quarterbacks like that. We run the the option, and you just gotta be smart with it. And uh, be smart meaning, you know, careful with it is is really the better word. But uh, he can hurt you with his feet, and he'll hurt some people with his arm. You wait and see. But uh, he can. The first thing you do is how am I gonna stop this run? So my guess you're gonna see a lot of guys in the box and. They do a nice job. They ran the old belly option that, that <laughs> Nebraska was so good at for years. So they do a lot of the things that I was used to defending when we played uh, Nebraska. And so it looks very much like a team that I would have had to play against when I was coaching. What Where where does each coach go with the rivalry part of this? You know, growing up here, knowing Nebraska, Colorado, you live in it as well. These are two new coaches that weren't a part of it. Is it is it touched on much? Do you think this week? You know, I I heard uh, Coach Sanders say something about it was personal. I've never heard him mention Nebraska in practice. I've never, you know, during the during the season or up to this point, um, they're not big rah rah about Nebraska in practice right now. They're they're pretty much going about their business. And uh, trying to get better, they they have a bunch they have to get better at as well, just like Nebraska does. So I have not seen or heard uh, within the football uh, building. You know, there's no signs up. There's nothing like that. It's just pretty much, you know, a bunch of men going about their business. Coach, we'll hit some rapid fire here. If you're good with it, big weekend of college football, and uh, you have Utah. At Baylor, I know Baylor dropped one early, but uh, Utah kind of coming off a, an impressive win against Florida. Is Utah a sleeper for you for the playoff? 
Uh, not yet, but Utah is really good. They don't even have Cam Rising playing yet, but Utah wins this game. They're they are too physical up front. That uh, uh, they have done a great job in putting that program out and, and making it what it is. It it is really a hard team to play. A and M is it Miami upset alert for Jimbo? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So A and M and Miami, two two of your favorites. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not watching it, so uh, I don't know. Um, uh, they don't care. Miami. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Let's pick Miami. They got four points. <laughs> okay, there we go. Texas, Alabama. How about this one? Minus seven, tied. I just can't go against Alabama. They're just too solid and. You know, uh, they're good. I, 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 Texas still got to convince me that they're a, they're as good as any of those teams like Alabama or Georgia. And I, I, I don't see it yet, but they could convince me this week if they beat, if they beat Alabama. All right, Nebraska, Colorado, Buffs, Midas. I'm kidding. I don't think you can pick legally, can you? I'm not picking that one. <laughs> You're wasting your energy. Coach, we'll see you on Saturday. Thanks for the time. All right, Chris. Great being with you. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio. We're out here in Colorado, out here in Estes Park. Of course, uh, dear friend Gary Michaels having us out. And uh, we are ready. Nebraska, Colorado, uh, legendary defensive coordinator, Charlie McBride with us. Coach, it is Colorado, Nebraska week. Are you excited? Sure. <laughs> I guess I, I, you know, almost I have to be right. Yeah. And people have been that because I graduated, of course, from that school, and uh, people always asking me, "Are you black and gold or red and white?" <laughs> and you know that that I just I stay neutral on everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could be anybody, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's just a, it should be a good game. I I I know that. It got a little out of hand, I think, maybe when we were playing. I think the the word hate came up a lot, and um, and hate basically, if you if you read the Bible at all, hate means fear. And so when people come up with that that terminology, or we hate Nebraska and all that stuff, you know, it comes up it comes up uh, salty. You know, it 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 takes a lot out of the game because you know I I loved our uh, relationship with Oklahoma because number one is it was all done with respect and we knew and they knew that what kind of game it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be you know you could be last in the league and get stoned, you know. So it didn't make any difference. And, um, you know, but I know that, uh, you know, I got to be good friends along. Milt did too, Tenniper and I, we've been down fishing with them. I play golf with some of their coaches and we know them really well. And of course, Tom and Barry have been good friends and things like that. And, uh, you know, to me, that's football, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, you know, you're going to play somebody that's really tough. And if you don't play, you're going to get it. It's not. You know, this these people hate Nebraska or stuff like that. That that to me, 
is uh, not where football should be. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a, a thought with you on this matchup here. What did you see from Minnesota, Nebraska, that can work out in favor for Nebraska? I mean, do you, do you think Nebraska's got a good shot Saturday? Well, I think, you know, maintaining the football, they did a good job against Minnesota. I mean, you know, they, they're, Minnesota's a good football team. And, uh, you know, and I I saw some things I didn't like in the game. And, you know, and, and, and I usually don't say anything about officiating, but there's there's two or three calls in there that I can take you back on the film and show you that, Number one, that touchdown pass that's caught, uh, you know, the left tackle's moving, def- and it and it should be called, and it wasn't. And mm-hmm. that's the worst one. The one on the goal line, okay, I can I can handle that one. You know that that's a guessing game anyway. And then you know people back in New York say it's a touchdown, and one people at the game say it's not, or whatever the case is. You know, but uh, I think when you break it down, I think the good thing is, is I I do see improvement in the offensive line. And I think, you know, controlling the football was our name of the game. We know when we played, and I don't know what Coach Rule's exact, you know, term uh, uh, strategy is going to be. But he's been around the horn a few times, and so it, uh, it I would guess that he's going to try to keep the football and do some things that, you know that are gonna that are gonna um, make them work a little bit harder than they think. I think uh, offensively, you know, they're gonna move the ball. They're gonna throw it, and uh, everybody that throws it kind of moves the ball on everybody. I mean, it's not one team that can just shut down the passing game anywhere. But uh, the distance is what are you gonna do after you catch it, and. Uh, and how many turnovers is there going to be? And that's where you have to protect it. You have to protect the football in a game like this, or those turnovers will get you. Colorado had, for what a lot of folks thought, a miracle win. They were underdogged by almost 21 points, and they they won outright. It's been, uh, well, they've been the toast to college football for a week. And how do they handle that, that spotlight, that success? They're really talented. Uh, meanwhile, Nebraska uh, is working on themselves, trying to clean things up. Coach, what did you see from the Nebraska defense, uh, and what do you think the defense can do uh, against Colorado on Saturday? I thought the Polar Bear played well. I know they're going to miss Robinson for a half, but I was really impressed with Nebraska's secondary as well. Well, that's right, and I, and I think those kids do a good job, and they take some pride in it. And the one thing is that you'll see that 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 really that, that I I didn't I did not like about the secondary is that if you look at that touchdown pass that that uh, corners looking in the backfield mm. and that's one thing you learn when you're first starting to play in the secondary don't be you know you're playing man to man don't start looking in the backfield you better cover the guy you're supposed to be covering and. I don't think that happened, and I, you know, I could see on the TV that he was not even, he was, the distance was a good five to seven yards away from him, and he was looking right in the backfield, and, you know, that's the thing that, you know, you got to get out of, you, you've got to play and use your athletic ability against these guys, because if you don't, they're going to be running up and down the field, and, and that's going to be, uh, you know, really important. And they're going to go deep. They're, they may start the game out with a bomb. 
And uh, I, I would expect something like that, you know, from Colorado, a big splash at the beginning to get things going fast, to get them out of the hole. So that's going to have to be something that they'll, you know, they better be aware of. Coach, you mentioned the offensive line's better. What do you think Nebraska's yep. run game needs to do Saturday? Obviously take care of the football, hold the football, but can Nebraska go with a power attack Saturday as far as yep. a way to win? I think you're going to see a better a better uh, run game this week. Uh, I, I'll be surprised if it's not. Um, I think that they – I think a lot of it was, you know, the kids uh, have something to prove. And it's not that they're playing Colorado. It's anybody that they play. You know, it's just – it's if whoever their second game's with, they, you know, usually it shows some improvement. And I think – and the offensive line is usually where you see it the most. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I I expect them to be to be better. And I expect them to be better every week. You know, I think I think they got the people that can do it. I they they look like they're in shape. That's the biggest thing I see is those guys look like they're in shape, and a lot of them show me more flexibility and things like that. So I think they've done a good job in the off season, and you know, and I think they're going to do nothing but get better. Couple minutes, Charlie McBride with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Mister Blackshirt. So, Coach, what what have you thought about Coach Dion and all the attention that's there with Colorado and uh, just kind of his persona? He said it was personal against Nebraska this week. I don't know about the personal stuff, but you know that that's that's just that's him and that's the way it is. But <laughs> you know they'll be a disciplined team. They, they've got all coaches that have been in the some in the NFL and some of them have been in college coaching. I'd guess that maybe it's three to one as far as years that, that you know they're gonna they're gonna face. I mean, you're, you're gonna face a bunch of experienced football coaches, and uh, and when you look at the number of guys, how long they've been in just in the big time coaching, whether it's the NFL or the or the college ranks. Uh, it wasn't very – we don't have very much, you know, experience really uh, compared to what they have. Now, not that doesn't mean any they can't do it. They can. But uh, the thing is, is that that experience always helps. And uh, I know it helped me the first game when I started. I, I was, you know, you're guessing and you're doing some things that you nor- normally may not do because of the time pressures, you know, when you only have about 10 seconds to call, (laughs) to call a defense or call an offense, that's not the easiest thing in the world. And, uh, uh, it's, it's something that, that you have to be aware of. I think that, uh, uh, you know, they, they are disciplined and I think that they have worked that way. I've, I've time and time again, I've, heard people talk about them at practice and things like that. And that's the one thing they noticed. They said when they hit the field, it's all football and they really work at it. And I know it's the same thing at Nebraska. I know it's a lot different practices than they've had in the past. And uh, so it's, it's going to be a matter of pride. It's going to be a matter of, of, you know, the two states next to each other, whether it's Wyoming or Colorado or whoever, you know, Iowa, you know, they're all that's all rivalry stuff, <laughs> you know. 
So that's going to happen. So if you make it good rivalries, respectful rivalries, and things like that, then it's fun because you know what to expect. I mean, I'd go into Colorado and, you know, all the point spreads and all that, that doesn't mean anything, you know, in a game like a, a rivalry game. And so that, that, that's what I'd look for is a fist fight, you know, not not a, not, a, not, not physically, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a real strong uh, a game with, on both sides. I think our defense could be uh, a problem for them. And uh, because it's not something that re- you really see in the NFL either. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys that have that kind of experience are playing are going against something different. Coach, last thought, yeah. what would a what would a win mean for Nebraska Saturday? Well, a win would be a beating the team number one that's already, you know that's already in the top 25. And the thing that's happening right now is that because of our background, in the last 15, 10 years or so, it's been it's been tough, uh, and I think we've got to dig ourselves out of that hole. And I think it would do that, even though you're playing a team that has one win and and so on and so forth. But they've already moved up in the polls, you know, which which you know is you know pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So that that that's to me would be the biggest thing I think right now is that we it'd get us out of the hole and people would stop putting teams in front of us that that you know we can beat but haven't beaten mm-hmm. and uh, so I think I think the one thing is is you know win lose or draw the biggest thing I you know I'm <laughs> I'm kind of a it may be easy to get along with now but I I think when you're playing an on-conference game now, you know, to me is improvement. Mm-hmm. To me is play better, play better, play better. And and if we play the best we can play, we're, we don't have any trouble at Nebraska. It won't be a problem. Charlie McBride with us. And a Monday with Charlie, a little later in the week. Coach, we'll check in with you next week. And always appreciate you taking time out. Okay. Thanks for having me. Good luck. Go Big Red. (laughs) And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Working through a Thursday road show, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're here in Estes Park, Big Red of the Rockies. The trifecta of road trips. We're here at uh, Big Red of the Rockies today. Good to see Navat and uh, company here. A lot of Nebraska fans here catching the show live, which is awesome. Uh, we will be at the Ridgeline Motel tomorrow for the Battle in Boulder event, which is outstanding. And then uh, Blur, pregame and postgame with Hale Varsity, the roadshow powered by your friends at Lazari's and Sauter. Heyman, big thanks to the good folks at Gary Michaels for hosting us out here, Big Red of the Rockies. We welcome in Danny Burke. The pride of Chicago, and it is time for Burke's Best Bets. It is NFL Thursday night. We'll get Nebraska-Colorado takes from Danny as well. And, Danny, tell folks about your website and where folks can get some uh, some gaming info from you, brother. Thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks for making some time, Schmitty. Appreciate it, as always. And I hope you're enjoying the trip out there a little bit further west. But it's called BurksBeat.com, and basically at the website, we'll still be producing the same content. Just going to be a lot more articles, write-ups for baseball, heading into the postseason. 
college football naturally, covering all things Huskers and beyond. Hard not to, just like you fellas. And then plenty and plenty of NFL. I'll talk survivor contest strategy, best bets against the spread, total props, futures, all of those cool things. We'll have you covered over at Bergspeed.com. And if it's an easier way to find it, I'm always tweeted out on Twitter at DannyBerg5. So uh, looking forward to it, Schmitty. Berksbeat.com, lock it in. So give us your take here, your Vegas wisdom on what the hell to think of this Colorado-Nebraska line. Where are you at? What's your feel? Oh, Schmitty, this one is just, I don't like, I, I, I'm so excited for this game, but at the same time, I'm incredibly terrified as a Nebraska fan, right? Because last week was just, and I know it's been beaten, you know, to death now, but it was just quite literally the epitome of what Nebraska has been for the past couple of years, especially last season. And you thought that with rule in the mix, those things would alter. Now we do have to slow our roll a little bit. It's the first game and, you know, we knew there was going to be some turnover issues with Sims and yada, yada, yada. I know you discussed it at nauseum. But look, if there is a bright spot to look at in terms of Nebraska and their chances against Colorado, it's one, Nebraska looked very solid on their ground attack. And Colorado against TCU, defensively speaking, looked like they were struggling against run. I mean, TCU racked up 262 rushing yards, so certainly that's going to be a focal point going forward for this Nebraska offense. So if they can control momentum, keep that rhythm going on the ground attack, that's your pro on the side of the offense. Now, defensively speaking, there were some moments in the first half where I was very concerned with the secondary, especially on third downs, but then they held their own in the second half. I do think this offense is going that Colorado has is going to be leaps and bounds better than what Minnesota ends up having is, you know, uh, Minnesota's going through a big transitional period, and so is Colorado, but these guys have played with each other, some of them under standards, and clearly put up 45 points. Even though it's against a defense that is poor in TCU, you have to give respect where respect's due. I am not going to touch this game with a 10-foot pole, guys. I just think I'm already going to be going nuts as much as I already will be in a fan. But I was telling Elijah, and I know he's been preaching it too, I mean, the amount of bets from the public that are on the side of Colorado is obscene. It's totaling some more of the handle that we have from the NFL week one slate. And typically when everybody and their grandmother is on one side, it usually doesn't come through. But the caveat here is Nebraska is incredibly infuriating in how they find ways to lose games. So they may be the one exception to this. But, of course, I'm hoping that the boys can come and play competitively and that we get a good effort. Danny Burke with us here, Burke's Best Bets on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Danny, what do you make of the fact, just quickly, that there's so much on Colorado, and then today I'm seeing late, this line is actually moving towards Nebraska. We went from Colorado being favored by 3.5 down to 3, and now at 2.5 despite all the bets towards Colorado. What's your read on that? Yeah, I think that was kind of inevitable given just how much exaggeration this line has seen. And once you got over that key number that you'd see a little bit of buyback on Nebraska. I'm sure it'll fall around that two and a half, three range when it's all said and done. But, you know, a lot of times these betters, uh, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but, you know, you'll make a bet so the line moves and then you can get a better price and then come back even harder on the other side. Maybe that happened, maybe it didn't. But, again, I think it was just inevitable because of the key number of three that you were going to get a little buyback on this Cornhuskers team. And 
it's just one of those things where you look at the numbers and you go betting numbers, not teams. And no team, what betters like to subscribe by, is as good or as bad as they were the past week. So don't let recency bias go all too crazy in your handicap, not even for this game, but every game. And I think that's what people are applying now that that spread had gotten way over the number of three. Daddy Burke with us, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here, Big Red of the Rockies in Estes Park, burksbeat.com at Burke 5 All right, NFL tonight, Chiefs minus four, Detroit. They were a fun football team last year. I haven't said that since the Barry Sanders era. What do you think about the Chiefs tonight? And what's your long play? Have you made a, made a decision, Danny, on who you like for futures in the NFL? Yeah, so I got several futures. We'll get to that in a sec. But briefly on tonight's game with Casey and Detroit, I've got nothing on the side or the total. But honestly, guys, at this point with the line coming down so much, it seems like, if anything, it'd be a better buy-low spot on Kansas City. I'm going to trust who, someone who may go down as potentially the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the best coaches of all time and Andy Reid against the Lions, who, until proven otherwise, are still the Detroit Lions. Yes, the offense made progression. Yes, they may even get better, but defensively there are still so many red flags. But because there are red flags on the Chiefs' defense, I do think Detroit will score and will get a better in-game number with the Chiefs, so I'll wait till they get under the key number of three or a better money line price and attack them then. Otherwise, I did play a prop. Isaiah Pacheco over 50-and-a-half rushing yards. Detroit was abysmal against the run. They allowed the third-most carries per season last year at 5.2 per handoff. Pacheco got over this mark in the last eight out of nine regular season games, and every time he got double-digit carries except for one game, he eclipsed this mark as well. And without Travis Kelsey, you do see a lot more run production, and I think they need to make that statement to keep the ball out of the strength of Detroit, which is their offense, and just to feature your top running back in Pacheco. So that's uh, the prop that I got tonight and the lone official play. And then in terms of futures, I have a write-up pinned to my uh, profile on Twitter for more in-depth analysis on it, but I took the Jets under 9.5 wins, Falcons under 8.5 wins, Commanders under 6.5 wins, Bears at plus 2 tend to be the most improved team, and no, it's not just me being biased, there's a reason why. (laughs) And then I'm big on the Jags this year, guys, Trevor Lawrence MVP at 17-1. to I really like that angle with T-Law heading into this season. Danny, before we get you out of here, this is just a feel thing. This is not a betting thing. Who scores the first touchdown of the NFL season tonight? Ooh. All right. Well, I have a buddy who's been clamoring and saying it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but for some reason I feel like it's going to be a statement made by Detroit, and it's going to be Jameer Gibbs, and they're going to get the rookie installed right away. Although they did say Montgomery was going to be the goal line guy, but I'll go a little out of the box and say Jameer Gibbs. Why not? Did you check with JMO on this, Danny? <laughs> I did not yet. I did not uh, check <laughs> that yet. So, uh, look, we're just throwing that one completely up in the air. And, uh, you know, if anybody's I, I, got I any had, better advice, you just go first touchdown, leave it my way. I love it. Danny Burke, find him. Burksbeat.com at Danny Burke 5. Pride of Chicago, thanks for the time, bud. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the game. Talk to you next week. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here, Big Red of the Rockies, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. It is Colorado, Nebraska week. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder to buckle up when you're making your way to Colorado. 
for the Nebraska Buff Showdown. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive? A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Be careful crossing that border. Be careful just when you get behind the wheel. Elijah will do a stake and a beer bet in a moment. Many thanks. Joel McAvicka, Charlie McBride, Gary Barnett, Brandon Vogel. Thanks to all of you who came out. That's Brandon from Emeritus. That's Vic from Denver. Happy birthday wish out to uh, Mercury, Vic's little guy, having a birthday tomorrow. And uh, so many of the fans that uh, came by here at Big Red of the Rockies in Estes. We were at the Ridgeline Hotel tomorrow. The uh, Battle in Boulder event with Coloradoans for Nebraska. Just four seats remain for that. So can ro- can log on BigRedOfTheRockies.com for that. And then we'll see it blur uh, in Boulder pregame Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Mountain. And uh, postgame Real Red Reaction live at the uh, the Blur tailgate in Boulder. Uh, blur Parties is where you log on for that. And uh, two other sponsors to say many thanks to friends at Sauter-Hayman, friends at Lazari's. Are you ready for a steak and a beer bet, Elijah? And it is sweet to collect a steak and a beer from you, even in Boulder Saturday night. Are you wanting to bet Chiefs-Lions tonight, I assume? That's what I you're think talking? we have to bet Chiefs-Lions tonight. Okay, give me the spread then. What, what, what spread? I've seen this move around a little bit today with news of the Kelsey injury. Which, what are we rocking with? Four. It's my it's minus four. I'll take Lions four and a half. I don't have. I don't. You, you want the hook, huh? Give me Lions four okay. and a half. Oh, that's fine. I will give you Detroit. I and I will give you the four and a half. That means Mahomes and company better win by a touchdown. That means Mahomes better get Mister Miyagi on the horn for Travis Kelsey. But I'm, uh, I don't think Kansas City drops it to Detroit tonight. I guess we'll find out. Here's the thing. And this was the tradition most of last fall with our stake in a beer bet. Whoever jumped you in. You pick, I win. Yeah, yeah. Whoever picked, whoever jumped in and made the pick first would end up losing. So congrats to all the Chiefs fans out there. You guys are going to have a big victory tonight. But when given the chance, <laughs> when given the chance, as a Broncos fan, I am always going to take the opportunity to root against the Chiefs. I'm going to take the opportunity to root against the Chiefs. I have an an even more substantive reason to root against the Chiefs tonight. I will take that all day long. The Lions, they're coming. Uh, Four and a half. They're going to do it outright. I wasn't going to say that when I made my pick, but four and a half, they're going to. Wow. Fun fact. You're not not the one that, I mean, you didn't get the fifth of Templeton or Tequila. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. I, I saw a fun fact on Twitter. Here's, here's what I saw. Jared Goff, in week one in his career, is 6-0 against the spread. Not 6-0 overall. He's 6-0 against the spread. I think that trend continues. I'm not a Jared Goff believer, but I do think that the Lions offense is something to watch out for this year. I think they keep up with the, uh, the Chiefs all night long, and I think they pull out a 4.5 point loss or less. Okay, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, get the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio, watch the show, the segments you want, or the entire show uh, can do so, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed. Tomorrow, again, Battle in Boulder event, Ridgeline Hotel, 3 to 5, we are there, the event follows us, and uh, so many uh, big-time Huskers will be there, it's going to be awesome. We'll talk to you tomorrow from Estes, big thanks to Big Red of the Rockies. Uh, Talk to you tomorrow at 3.